stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Hello and welcome back. We are breaking up with RBS. This is episode number 88 and I am Tani Santabria. And I am JDK Winnikin. The double snowman episode 88. That's incredible. That's some pressure. The double snowman. The double snowman. Holy smokes. The double snowman. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That's so much of my existence. I don't know. What I don't know if I've ever heard that. Oh, before. okay. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a thing. Maybe it's mine. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe I just made up something. So anyway, maybe I don't know. I did just make up something. Anyway, uh, what we are making up is that we are here to uh, <laughs> debunk some junk. Uh, those BS stories that really don't help us out in the various emotional states that we're in. And this show is all about recognizing those, breaking up with those, and bringing in more ease, more resilience better way of life, all those things that we really want to have. So thank you so much for joining us, whether this is the 88th time you've done so or the first time. Thank you so much, whether you're listening live or if you're catching this as a podcast. Uh, remember, you can catch this wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you in advance for subscribing and for leaving us a review. We appreciate it. You can also check us out on our YouTube channel, Breaking Up With Our BS, at our Facebook group of the same name. Tawny also has a six-week self-mastery course at unperfectyourself.com where you can take all these things that we talked about and apply them over six weeks in your own context and see what it does for you. And then on the second Saturday of every month, Tawny and I host a free Zoom workshop introducing you to various techniques of how to get grounded in the body, answer any questions that you might have, a little bit of instruction and some other stuff. And there's more to come in the weeks and months ahead, as always. So, whew, it's fun stuff, Tawny. I love talking about this stuff with you every week. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do too. How's I do too. It's good fun. What are we talking about today? I think it's your turn. Is it my we, turn? We got on the. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's you, what what comes to me for this week, and I I found myself both uh, saying this and hearing it, and then contemplating its meaning, uh, wondering. I'm wondering, you know. Uh, it's, it's something that in both in my in coaching circles and in just my everyday life circles, I found myself saying more to myself and to, to other people. You know, I'm wondering what I, by that I mean is I'm wondering what's happening. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling stress in the body. Hmm, I wonder what that's about. Or that story that keeps popping up, right? Those stories that can come back. Oh, noticing that and going, oh, I wonder, hmm, what's that about? Or where'd that come from? Or... Um, you know, wondering about possibilities of things, you know, uh, wondering what a change in my life would produce and it wouldn't necessarily need to be a big one or, you know, that type of thing. And I find that I kind of like approaching things from a wondering point of view than rather than like we talked about last week with complexity, the need to solve or fix or answer definitively one way or the other. I think just the way we've been taught to be to make things complex, even when they don't need to be. We've also been taught that we always need to find the answers. And I find that's not necessarily the case. Uh, yeah. Find, how do you know when you have the answer? <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, like, right. How do you know? 
I don't know. I guess you can convince yourself. You have to convince yourself that you do, or you know, it. I guess it depends on what it is, I suppose. But, um, but when you know, when certainly talking about, you know, the need to solve a problem, what's going on with this, or what do I need to do, um, I think sometimes what happens is we, in the search for an answer, once we find one, we consider it to be the answer, rather than recognizing that there could be more than one way to answer it, and also uncomfortably, I find sometimes for clients. There may not be an answer, and there may not need to be one. And that 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 can that can lead to some interesting conversations and realizations for people at this idea that we don't need to find an answer to something. Yeah, yeah, it's that you know being outcome focused, right? So this doesn't give us much chance. It's, it's like instead of being able to just wonder and be open and spacious in that, there's this sort of like. A narrow focusing kind of like, let me go find the answer. I even think about um, when I'm saying this, my eyes are like, like getting really like tense and focused, like the answer, as opposed to, um, you know, what, what wonder feels like. It's sort of, I don't feel my eyes kind of like trying to focus so much on wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, certainly on, you know, if it's, if it's uh a situation that doesn't call for a super narrow focus, especially, then, you know, wondering, we have time. We have time and space for wondering. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's tied to curiosity, I suppose, right? The, you know, being curious about things. What, what comes to mind, you know, I've, I've talked about it on the show before, but uh, beginning of this year, I wondered what would it be like for me, what would it produce for me if I made my regular exercise routine, non-negotiable, where I moved things around that rather than put that off. What would, what would that be like? That was a wondering question rather than a resolution or I'm gonna do this this many times or whatever. That wondering and just wanted to see what would happen. And I've been following that <laughs> without really answering it and I'm, I see what the results are. The results are I'm healthier, happier, more calm, sleeping better, eating better, you know. But that came from a wondering space, not a, I got to do this for this certain outcome, losing weight or whatever it might be. It was really open-ended and it is the most successful I've ever been, quote unquote, in that kind of routine. I think that that's kind of thing, Mm -hmm. just as an example for everybody listening, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sort of just putting something in place from a wondering space yes. instead of an outcome-focused space. Yes. Once again, you nailed in one line what took me two paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> but it is not a competition. No, it's not. Good thing, because if it was, you'd win on brevity and simplicity. <laughs> Nevertheless. Yeah, it it's – and it is something that I – I do feel that difference. You're talking about, you were talking about your feeling in your eyes. Uh, I feel freer in my breathing from a wondering, you know, when I'm talking about wondering as opposed to trying to, you know, determine, right? And there's certainly things that, you know, when we're doing problem solving at work or, or that type of thing that we need to do answers for. And, and this doesn't mean there aren't places where you focus and, you know, have outcomes you need to hit. But in these bigger things in our lives that bring up these BS stories, Wondering, it's almost like the, a wondering space doesn't allow those BS stories necessarily to stick. 
or if they do, there's an opportunity for them not to stick too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what just came up for me, I was wondering about if wondering is absent of an agenda. Because um, oftentimes we carry an agenda into lots and lots of different situations. And so if we're starting with an agenda, then it might keep us from being able to be open and spacious. But I, so I wonder if wondering allows us to be agenda free. I don't know. That resonates with me. Yeah. I mean, it, if for the example we used in terms of health, I, I know what the benefits are of getting better exercise. I know what those are. what it would do, how it would feel, where it would go, what it would produce from a wondering space that that part doesn't matter because it's a matter of just trying it out, putting, you know, putting it into action and seeing what happens um, and what that produces. And the ironic thing is if I were to make a whole bunch of outcomes out of something and at least by history, not reach them by just wondering and engaging it brings me closer to what a lot of those outcomes might have been. <laughs> you know, I feel stronger, feel healthier, I've lost weight, you know, uh, those types of things. But it, it's from a completely different orientation. I wonder, too, if you would have evaluated, um, your evaluation period would have been much further along if you were going to evaluate. Like at this point right now, you're able to say this, that, and the other, right? Yeah. But sometimes we try to evaluate like in the first 48 hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> is this happening immediately that I wanted to have happen? Like the agenda and is it happening as soon as I want? Nope, it's not. So I'm going to stop doing it or, you know, uh-huh. come to draw, draw this particular conclusion. Right. I wonder if the wondering then allows for the evaluation to be delayed. Yeah, or redefined, you know, because it's an ongoing open thing, right? What would it do? I'm not saying, what would it do in six months? What would it do in a year? I just asked, what would it do? <laughs> what would it be like? Because then it's about the experience of, of going and doing it. And I've been surprised by a lot of it. Uh, the fact that I enjoy going to the point now that I don't even think about not going or going. I just go because I enjoy it and it's, and it's beneficial for me and it's become a practice. Um, I'm not sure I could have, you know, hammered that out as an outcome or something like that and said, I, I, if I don't feel that way in three weeks, four weeks, I don't remember when it happened. It just kind of did. Yeah. I think you're onto yeah. something. The agenda piece I think is big because that's a, setting agendas can be a huge BS story. Like I got to do this in this amount of time. Or if it's not, if it doesn't produce A, B, and C results that I want in this amount of time, I'm going to get, I need to give up on it or it's not worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, you know, the agenda piece, if we have one in relationships or in, you know, with others, if we've got something in place for ourselves, whether it's conscious or subconscious, um, we might be less likely to wonder about things because we're wanting to get to a particular place. <laughs> that was very skillfully said. Uh, it's, 
I don't know if you were trying to avoid not pointing out that you're talking about me necessarily, or you could be, <laughs> or, or what? Yes, I can relate. I'm laughing because you're right. It is something that we can all do, right, in, in relationship. Wanting certain outcomes from a conversation or the development of a relationship of any kind or, you know, needing to get something, quote unquote, out of it. Um, all things that um, really, in my experience, uh, limits everything about that relationship, that growth. And it leads to more disconnection than connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, makes things very complex. Like we talked about last time where we're having to analyze and rationalize and, and avoid and, and blame and all of those kinds of things come into play too, if we have an agenda already. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think too, in, in conversations, you know, if you're coming from a wondering space, you know, wondering about how you're experiencing something or you're experiencing another person and being able to say, you know, I've been wondering if this is what's happening on your end, or if this is what you're experiencing, is that true? It, Wondering allows for a reply that's honest or that can be honest, can be open, that can be considered. And from my point of view, it indicates an openness to hearing that what I'm perceiving of something may not be the same thing that the other person's perceiving. Um, Rather than having to fight for position or fight over who's right and who's wrong, it allows for perspectives to stand side by side safely and firmly and for these two people and two people in conversation to be better seen, I guess, by the other. You know, and I'm also wondering about, you know, (laughs) is, is like, um, sort of experiencing the wondering word as a state of being, not even needing to be communicated necessarily. Yeah. Right. So if we move into a conversation or if we move into a particular context with other people, and we are aware that we are coming in from a wondering place. We're clear that we don't have an agenda, you know, maybe because we're doing this sort of checking in with ourselves, right? So we enter in, our energy is completely different when we enter in that. We don't even need to necessarily communicate, I'm wondering about, because we're in a state of wondering. A great point. And what that does then, what that does for the um, energetic uh, sort of exchange in those moments of conversation, like where, where does that, what possibilities can, can arise from there? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, when I, when I consider that, what, what came up for me while you were talking about that was, I felt a sense of openness to that, to those possibilities openness to, again, that lack of agenda, openness to whatever comes, you know, whatever comes out of it. Uh, And that openness feels lighter to me. It feels uh, simpler and it certainly feels more connected, you know, because those, those people that I care about that I'm talking with and I'm, you know, wondering with, if you will, coming, coming from a position of wondering, I want them to have that (laughs) from me. You know, I want them to have that because I value them. It kind of goes hand in hand with the listening that we talked about the couple of shows ago Mm -hmm. where that it really is a gift. It really is a gift to give. 
to be a listener um, and to be, and to be in a state of wondering or wonderment with another person, as opposed to um, already having that decision made or already knowing, you know, it's like this sort of coming into a space of not knowing and being open enough to, you know, find wonderment about the part of pieces of the other person or the conversation or the experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and it leads to, it can lead to some really, some really interesting and really cool things in these types of conversations. Just, just the other day I was talking with a friend and there, it was, it felt really clear to me that what was being shared, there was more under that. There was more under that. And so I just, I, I asked, I said, you know, I'm kind of wondering, is there more underneath this that you're not, maybe not telling me or not mentioning? And you know what they said? They said, yeah, I'm not ready to share that yet. Okay. And the conversation <laughs> kept going. No one felt stepped on. No one felt, nothing felt out of place. It was simply put out, responded. Okay. That to me felt, it was amazing. You know, we actually talked a little bit later on the other end, went, wow, that was interesting. <laughs> no one felt stepped on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a much better position, I think, to approach things from, even if it's never said, like you said, I'm wondering. You know, just to be in that state, because I think that um, there's openness in that, right? And an ability to listen and receive and hold. Mm-hmm. And not, the, the, not trying to control the situation either. Yeah. Right? Like trusting that, if there's words to, if, if we've got two people who are self-aware, if there are things that need to be said, they'll be said. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and being able to be with that. The, the trouble is we're not, we're not self-aware. So we can't trust that things will be said when in, in the time that it needs to be said, if they need to be said at all, we can't trust that. So we need, and we feel entitled to know (laughs) things that make our world more complex and to be able to control them. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, then there's a lack of trust when we're in those spaces uh, with each other. Yeah, and then and then from that so, frustration, but, but that, and, yeah, yeah, frustration and judgment come after that. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely, because we've been, again, it goes back to sort of being conditioned to control our external world, yeah, control other people around us, control what they think about us, control um, how they respond. Or, you know, all of those kinds of things, right? So as long as we're going to be externally focused and try, and having an agenda to try to make particular things happen the way we want them to happen, we're not going to be able to be a deep listener and we're not going to be able to be in wonderment. We're not going to be able to wonder. Those are going to sort of like put up the barrier to those other experiences. Yep. And then we don't get to connect. And the connection is really what makes these things run. It's what makes them grow. It what makes them staying present. It, it, it's, it cuts us off from everything, ironically, sadly. It cuts us off from everything that we think we're getting or going after by 
following that default setting of control or what feels like that default setting of control and outcome-based stuff. We're actually making less possible the very thing that we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because if that worked, because we're all doing it, like, with with a lot of intensity. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a lot of consistency. Uh-huh. So if that worked, we'd all be just fine. Yep. I mean, we'd, we'd be thriving if that actually worked. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, we would have nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. 88 <laughs> episodes of nothing. <laughs> Not, nothing valuable at all, right? Because everybody would be like, yeah, nobody does that. Nobody. <laughs> How's your outcome control right? going this that, week? Great, yeah. <laughs> Right, because it because it it all works, right? So we're not we're not struggling around this. It's it's just working. So yeah, yeah. But such is not the case, right? And so why do we, we you know why keep doing something that actually is going to give you exactly what you don't want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and produce dis-ease and anxiety and stress in in undue amounts and unnecessary amounts when it's not needed, you know, because it. The thing that keeps coming back to me is that, you know, in, in connection with, with people, uh, from that position, I actually am in a place to get to know them for who they are in reality in that moment, rather than what I want them to be, where I want something to go, how I want to be received, all those elements of control from that, from that place of wondering and lack of agenda the reality of the other person is going to be much more available to me and to them in terms of the conversation. And that's, that's really the only thing that really moves things forward for ourselves in connection or connection in relationships. It's the only thing that really moves it forward. seems to me. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess depending on what the definition of forward is, right? I mean, I think that, I think that we we've all been moving forward, right? Growth in the way maybe? that we use forward. Yeah, maybe growth. Um, I don't know. It, certainly, as we talk about um, sort of transparency and authenticity and and growth in a way that you're we're becoming more self aware. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is because when we're in in communication with another person, subconsciously and consciously, we are monitoring or noticing, hopefully we're able to, you know, kind of notice the self and then notice the self in relationship to the other person and then notice the person. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot going on yeah. in, 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 in a certain space, but when we're able to do that, then we're, we're present, we're here. And, and then that gives more opportunity for connection and, and the forward you know, going, moving forward in a way that, that seems to support each other to optimization. Right. I guess like, right. Cause people move forward all the time, but that doesn't mean they're moving forward towards optimization. They just move forward right. um, wherever that is. Um, so I think that's the part we've been conditioned to really either really notice the other person. Okay. What are they doing? Well, how, how should I respond? Are they getting angry? Are they not? Okay. What should I do? Okay. And, and then, you know, regulate ourselves from there or not notice the other person at all and be like, Hey, this is me take it or leave it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and certainly ourselves in relationship with the other person, like, Oh, holy smokes. I just got triggered. What does that mean? 
That's okay. What is happening for me right now, for me right now that I got, we like to use the word triggered, triggered, mm-hmm. not, oh my gosh, this person just triggered me. Right. Not that. Mm-hmm. That's trying to control our externals. That's not the question we want. We want to be asking ourselves, holy smokes, what just happened Mm -hmm. that I felt this when that person said that, okay, this is a me thing, not a them thing only, right? So so when we start to become more self-aware and when we become a better listener and when we start to wonder a little bit more and when we start to get into our body more often, we're able to do these things all at once experiencing these things all at once in more ways than we have been, that we've been conditioned to do. And it makes life simpler. And we can stay in wonderment because we're not in defense mode. We're not looking to, you know, blame the other person for whatever it is that's going on or feel like we've got to control the other person. Right. I like how you laid that out, that, uh, you know, connecting with self, noticing that, self in relationship to the other person and then the other person. (laughs) It helps keep things where they need to be, doesn't it? So like if something is triggering, that's what keeps, keeps us able to go, okay, something just happened. What happened there? That's, that's on my side of things, (laughs) right? It's not a blaming. It's not anything like, because that noticing that connecting with self in the relation to the other allows for, I like that progression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit more next time because it looks like we're going to be running out of time yeah. pretty soon. And yeah, we are. that is, there's a lot to talk about in that. There is a lot to talk about there. That could have been like, that whole thing could have been, if this episode was a book, that last little part could have been the blurb on the back of the book to describe the whole thing. That was great. So uh, once again, <laughs> you mic dropped right at the end, right on time. Well done, Tony. You're getting good at this. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Well, and thank you to all of you out there for, uh, for joining us for this episode of breaking up with our BS. We really appreciate you doing so. We will be back next week to talk about that or something else. We'll see. We we won't know till we get there because you know, that's how we roll. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) All right. All of you keep wondering out there until, until next week. I'm JDK Winnegan. And I'm Tani Santabria. All right. See you later. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a second half will have it.